So, Maria, what are these developments here? We, of course, had that phone call over the weekend. Has anything else happened? Have we had any more words exchanged? Uh, yes, Danny, and the calls, of course, uh, continue. That by itself, in some ways, is, it's a new development. Remember, the diplomatic channels between the West and Russia have been almost completely cut off since the war started. Now you have this flurry of calls uh, about this potential dirty bomb that concerns uh, the West. Yesterday, you had that very clear warning from the NATO Secretary General, who says the alliance rejects uh, the claims made by Russia that Ukraine is preparing one. Remember, Danny, the idea is that these are explosives that are tied up, wrapped up in radioactive material and also say Russia should not use this as a pretext to employ potentially tactical nuclear weapons on Ukraine. But overall, Danny, there is a feeling today of escalation that we're entering potentially dangerous waters and every military expert that I've spoken to does tell me if uh, anything of the sort does happen in Ukraine, then you're entering now an uncharted territory but also a very serious escalation in the war that would now become a very different war. And, and Maria, at the same time, we have uh, Schultz, German Chancellor, hosting a fundraiser for Ukraine in Berlin. How much of an issue is money becoming in this war? Uh, yes, and Danny, this is happening uh, today. It's a fundraiser by uh, the German Chancellor. It is happening in Berlin. A lot of this is the idea of rebuilding and reconstructing uh, Ukraine. And Danny, you know very well the amount of money, the, the just the figures that float around are enormous from $500 billion uh, to 700 Some have suggested ultimately this will hit a $1 trillion mark. This is almost a Marshall Plan uh, for Ukraine. But there's two aspects here. This is the long-term reconstruction. But then there's also the short-term funding and we now know that Ukraine says they need about 40 billion dollars next year to keep their economy afloat to maintain the war effort the country is burning through cash every month and this is going to get a real debate or will become a real debate at one mm. point who is going to pay for this and how the Ukrainians want visibility we have a living cost crisis in Europe and I hear a number of countries that suggest perhaps mm. this is now time to explore what to do with the Russian frozen reserves. Hello, folks. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 5 of the Ukraine War Report, The Nuclear Crisis 2022. My name is Keith. And the next chapter in our story of the Ukraine nuclear crisis is talking about a different kind of nuclear bomb, a dirty bomb. And so this podcast is focusing on the situation over in Russia and Ukraine. Obviously, a number of our countries, including the United States, have denounced such accusations that are false from the Russians about the Ukrainians uh, wanting to try to use a dirty bomb to justify war and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which is totally not true. But uh, we want to give you the latest on what's going on, so let's jump over to the latest report via YouTube on the dirty bomb crisis or discussion from ABC News Australia. This has become the new normal for Ukrainians. But as the war enters its ninth month, there are concerns Russia could be attempting an escalation, accusing Ukraine of planning to detonate a dirty bomb, an explosive laced with nuclear material. The Ministry of Defence has organised work to counter possible provocations from Ukraine. Forces and means are standing ready. 
Kyiv has rejected the Kremlin's claims, while NATO and Western allies call them transparently false. The world would see through any Russian attempt uh, to use this allegation as a pretext for escalation. At the invitation of the Ukrainian government, the UN's nuclear watchdog is revisiting two nuclear sites where Russia alleges the bombs could be assembled, even though one of the sites was cleared a month ago during a routine inspection. And I don't see uh, any reason that Ukraine would want to use a, a dirty bomb in this war. Even though Moscow is yet to offer evidence of its claims, they're doubling down, planning to raise the issue at a UN Security Council meeting where they hold veto power. But as Ukrainian forces advance in a counter-offensive in the country's east, Ukraine's president remains defiant. Ukraine is crushing the so-called second army of the world, and from now on Russia will only be a pawn. Fighting words as Ukraine reiterates its pledge to take back her son. Talia Olatia, ABC News. Welcome back. That was ABC News Australia with that latest update on the situation with the dirty bomb accusations between Russia, Ukraine, and the NATO allies. Well, if you're ever wondering about what a dirty bomb is, what it does, and what's the fear about a dirty bomb, I found a YouTube video, got the audio off of it, and I wanted to share it with you. We've heard about uh, dirty bombs mentioned as a potential threat from ISIS and Al-Qaeda, um, but now we gotta worry about it uh, over there from the Russians, um, as a pretext to war most likely, as some have uh, speculated. And so I wanna share this with you, this video, on this uh, revised uh, podcast episode, and then, we're going to turn things over to our Rachel Kleckner for the rest of the podcast with some quite interesting historical information for Michiana. So let's go ahead and uh, listen to that video. Dirty bomb, it's a classic, it's using a classical explosive to spread radioactive material on a various radius depending on the amount of uh, explosive used. It is a threat because the radioactive material, which it, while, um, once it is inhalated or ingested, can be very dangerous for the health of the human beings. To prevent uh, a person um, exploding a dirty bomb or making a dirty bomb, we have to first to detect the material before it reaches the person. But uh, once we have detecting it, we have to trace back the material where it is coming from. 
So we have sophisticated instruments which help us uh, trace back the origin of the material and uh, we use them to support uh, competent national authorities. Good evening, folks. Since the Ukraine and the Russian war are going on, I'd like to chime in and talk about bomb shelters and how prepared you are if Elkhart County or South Bend were to get a bombing. Let's face it, none of us are prepared. A majority of us don't have a, a basement. So where would you go and what would you do if there was a bombing? Let's talk about it. From PrimalSurvivor.net, they have said, even if you had enough warning for a bomb to go to a shelter, experts agree a nuclear bomb would vaporize within 0.3 miles of ground zero. That's hardly any time to get anywhere. And since I went down a wormhole and was checking where you could actually go, did you know that there's a government ditch near Peru, Indiana? In Miami County, that's over an hour and a half away. You'd never make it there. You'd have to live there to go to the ditch. Um, Ready.gov says a basement or a crawl space, top floor of an office, underground parking garage, or a subway tunnel. Well, we don't have a subway tunnel here, so that's not going to work. And a stairwell just as far underground as possible. And also on Ready.gov, you're going to find plans, uh, how to build a kit, you know, water, food, battery-powered radio, a flashlight. You can also download the FEMA app. Those are just some suggestions. I mean, what if we literally had 10 minutes to get ready? You would only be allowed to stay in your house. You would not have time to make it anywhere. And folks, just because the bombing isn't happening here doesn't mean it won't and it can't. And that's something that we all need to be thinking about. And just wanted to put in there that the news manager for News Source 1 Michiana, you know, he looked up top, top 10 places that a nuclear bomb would likely happen. And do you know why that Elkhart, Indiana's on the list? You probably didn't even know they was on the list. Because we all have all the trains here. So if they would like to take out our trains, this is definitely one spot that they could hit. It's a way we get our food around and the supplies that we need. So we take out the way to get the supplies to us, then we even have less ways to get the things that we need. So people, that's just a thing for you to think about during the, this time of the war that's going on in Ukraine, between Ukraine and Russia. And folks, I'm back. And did you know that in 1952, June 15th to be exact, that the South Bend Tribune put out a report about a bombing that supposedly hit South Bend, Indiana on the west side. And the topic says A-bomb hits South Bend. 40,000 killed as enemy jets attack South Bend. Now, when I first read that, 
it it instantly gave me anxiety because I had no idea there was a bombing in South Bend in 1952 and over 40,000 killed. Explosion levels west side area, thousands injured. And folks, if you do a little digging, it's not a real article. It's an article that the government would put out to make you think and to be on your feet, to cause hysteria, so you'd prepared, could be prepared for a bomb. And I'm looking through the article because I lost what I wanted to read. So, the St. Joseph County Survival Plan calls for everyone to be able to take shelter near where he is when a warning sounds and to be prepared to stay there throughout a fallout period if necessary according to county cd director john claybore remember this is a 1952 article he acknowledged defects and attempts to put the plan into operation this article is the second one dealing with the situation that exists on the local level in some of the most important fields of survival it will instigate business industry police and fire protection communications, hospitals, utilities, food and farm protection and responsibility, quote unquote. Thus, the main concerns that South Bend itself faced was a common one in many of the larger cities in America. How does one organize atomic bomb preparedness in cities of which thousands of people are either at work, shopping or running errands? What would happen if these families were in the city, not in their homes when an attack occurred? The article mentioned a man named E.O. Prong, who was, who, he, who was he chief of plant production for the Bendix Productions Division of the Bendix Aviation Corporation and a member of the Indiana Civil Defense Advisory Council. Um, uh, I'm still looking through the article because I would like to read something important. So, the nuclear apocalyptic literature speculation was even encouraged by the Federal Civil Defense Administration during its yearly operational alert exercises during the mid-1950s. These were simulated nuclear attacks on American cities designed to test civil defense preparedness to educate the public, but some believe that terrifying rather than educating the public was the only accomplishment of the various versions of Operation Alert. Secretary of Defense Charles Wilson, for instance, worried that in the 1956 Operation Alert would scare a lot of people without purpose. And in the newspaper special editions created for this event, it is easy to see his point. And let me tell you folks, the news manager had to go to the library and dig for this because this came out in 1952, which was before the majority of our time. It would read with enthusiasm, with alertness, with fear. A-bomb hits, 40,000 killed as enemy jets attack South Bend. Explosions level west side area, 1,000 injured, thousands injured. Maybe the dead are lucky, the doctor says. These are just some of the headlines and the reports that this paper was put out, you know. It was put out, if it was put out the next day, you know, is fake because that's not going to be an operation the next day, the printing press. So they put these out to make people aware and people scared 
to try to be prepared for a bomb, a nuclear bomb. So that's what they did in 1952. They put out a couple of articles, like I said. And you can go to your local library and look at the archives and look it up. Or we can even email you the article if you're interested. But just keep in mind, people, that this is also the stuff that the people in Ukraine are going through with the bombings. Where are they hiding at? Where are they covering at? So... This is just something to keep you on your toes. When I first read the article, I thought it was real. I started freaking out, to be honest. But I never heard any of my relatives talking about a bombing that happened. So as I read the article, I knew it was fake. But it could be true, people. Keep that in mind. And for that, I'd like to say have a good day.